Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Welcome into TFS Pod 143. It's spook season, folks. Three weeks away from Halloween. There's a lot going on in this world, uh, the wide world of sports. You name it, we've got a lot to talk about today. We'll just get right to it um, with a podium as always. So I'll start like I usually do. Um, All right. So if you've seen Seinfeld before, you remember an episode, I think it's season seven or eight, the Bizarro Jerry. Things are opposite, like complete opposites of what they usually are. Um, Elaine's friends with people that are like the same as, look the same as Jerry and his crew, but they're complete opposite people the bizarro world like superman this year folks in the nfl is a bizarro nfl season what do i mean by that you look down the list a team a dynasty new england patriots bill belichick's been there since 99 i think um he's won however many super bowls they're one in four they're one of the worst teams in the nfl they're terrible bill belichick is has the probably the hottest seat in the nfl right now why would you ever think that you never would. The Cincinnati Bengals just paid Joe Burrow a record contract to be, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Um, he's, he's been phenomenal there. He's been terrible since he's two and three. It's really odd. Then you go to Denver. They hire Sean Payton. He makes all these comments. And you're like, oh, he's Sean Payton. He's won a Super Bowl. He did well with the Saints. The Broncos are terrible. The Chargers had that weird, have all this weird stuff going on with Brandon Staley. Weird stuff happened. The Giants, who were really good last year, have weird stuff happening. They've been terrible. The only thing that's honestly consistent is the Dallas Cowboys starting off hot and then, you know, wetting their bed. Um, the Detroit Whooping. the Detroit Lions are 4-1 and one and have a two-game lead in the NFC North and have the second easiest schedule the rest of the way. What world do we live in? I don't know. It's just crazy. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff that's happening. If I'm not going to complain about it, the team I, I cheer for is doing well and in good position. But it's just been an odd season so far. The Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift drama, um, all these injuries, the gambling suspension. It's just weird. It's bizarre. And it's only going to get crazier as the season goes on, I feel like. I, I, I can't wait to see what happens. It keeps me very entertained. Nice. I like it. So my podium is nothing new, and I'll keep it fairly short. I've talked about this a lot. We've done a podcast 143 times. Inevitably, I'm going to repeat myself, A, because I'm old, and B, because I'm trying to make a point. And my point every year about this time is, why does October have to be the confluence of all the major sports? Maybe it's just me because I'm not a big baseball guy. Baseball people, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the Major League Baseball playoffs are getting no attention. Change your season. 
your season is too long. You shouldn't be playing in October. World Series now, okay, fine, but not your playoffs with your World Series going into November. The NBA and the NHL start, I think NHL starts today. NBA starts the 25th maybe, so start soon. I think it might be sooner. Let college football and the NFL have their day. Shorten the seasons. NBA, nobody cares anyway. The NBA is a dog meat product. The NBA is so woke and has such little viewership, nobody cares to watch 72 regular season games when the stars sit out for 12 to 15 of those just because they feel like it. Shorten that season to 54 games. Shorten the NFL season to 54 games. Keep your playoffs expanded. That's what people care about. That's what people get excited about. Major League Baseball was smart when they expanded their playoffs and they made these three-game series and and then whatever. But like the seasons don't need to be this long. The NBA can run mid-November to mid-May, maybe even sooner. The NBA and the college basketball should follow about the same schedule, in fact. like So make it April. The hockey can run December 1st till late May, or earlier May, preferably. Baseball should own the summer. Baseball is the summer sport, as is golf. Golf is the only one who got smart and put their heavyweight stuff in the time when nobody else is really playing, except for baseball. They took all the fall season. Yeah, you've got golf tournaments and stuff now, but that's the fall season is not competing against big things. Nobody really cares about that unless they really, really like to watch something or their teams on a bye week. Um, you're just watering it down too much. you got to pay for more apps to watch all this stuff. There's bad products. Let's like shrink the regular season in all these, except for the NFL, obviously. It's only 17 games anyway. And then expand the playoffs and make it more exciting. Give us something to look forward to. I don't look forward to baseball for nine months out of the year. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't look forward to the NBA for eight months out of the year. I'm sorry, I don't. Like, fix it. Fix it. It's too much. Good. I like it. All right, this week, uh, we'll throw the flag. Um, There's a few things we could probably do, but this is just, this was baffling. Um, This is in the category of major dumbassery. Just how effing stupid can you be? Miami, the the U, um, and head coach Mario Cristobal. Three touchdown favorites, I believe, right? Or close. Just take a knee, dude. You there win. There was time on the clock. The time on the clock dictated take a knee That's and the Michigan game is State over. Would do. And they, if mm-hmm. you missed it, they go for it on whatever. They're like, they're winning. They're winning 20 to 16. So get, they're even up more than a field goal. They fumble, get stripped on a play that they didn't need to run, could have taken a knee. I don't know what the sequence of plays was. There wasn't a whole lot of time left. There was 30-some seconds left. Georgia Tech scores on the last play of the game and wins 23-20. to Unbelievable. Maybe one of the biggest epic chokes. This is not like a Hail Mary lucky. I mean, the pass was pretty fortunate or whatever, but it was set up because you were dumb AF. Like, what are you thinking how do you not have every coach on quality control going, Coach Cristobal, kneel on the ball? Like, how do you not before. have somebody do that? This is like Brandon Staley for the Chargers going for it inside his own 30 up late in the game. For what? Like, do a drug check. Your analysis, please, because I don't know what the heck's going on unless, unless somebody, had, money involved. Unless somebody had Georgia oh, Tech. Not even covering, because they'd already covered, but Georgia Tech money Just line. saying, he did the same thing at Oregon when they were playing Stanford once a couple of years back. Stupid. Weird. 
All right. As we started last week, we have a pregame. This is, you know, there's not a whole lot of new news out of this, so I just wanted to point out a couple things that I, new names I heard last week or new names I came up with. No real movement, of course. It's in the season. Not going to happen. <laughs> Ryan just showed me an article about why Marcus Freeman might be at a crossroads with Notre Dame. I would be all in on that. He's young. He's a Big Ten guy. I think he'd do really well at Michigan State. There wouldn't be quite the same pressure as Notre Dame, so he'd have a little bit more grace than he does at Notre Dame. Enough said there. Here's a couple more names to add to the list. I'll add one to do who will I accept. I've not seen this in a formal list, but my buddy Dobb threw this out here. Gus Malzahn, formerly of Auburn, now at UCF. Good offensive mind for sure. I, I don't think he has any northern ties. So, I mean, I would accept it, but I'd be surprised. Here's one no one has talked about, but and kind of surprisingly, to be honest, but is doing quietly a great job, and that's Eliad Drinkwitz at Missouri. We talked about him earlier this summer because Elijah. of... Well, E-L-I-A-H is how you spell his name. I thought it was Elijah. No. Um, he's in his early 40s. He's doing a lot of the tough place to win. They really had LSU down and probably should have won that game this weekend. He's a name that I would add to the mix, and he, I definitely would pay a lot of attention to him. I think he'd be a great move. Kind of a little bit more Southern ties, but no movement. Still in my top, Elko, Dicker, Leipold, Smith, and Clayman. Um, I, you know, I think the nice thing about a guy like Dickard is nobody expects Washington State to do great things, but if they stay in the mix and they pull some upsets, he stays a hot name, but he's not too much of a hot name, so he doesn't drive up his price. He also still wants to get out of maybe Pullman. I like him. Sorry, fighting Jason Hansons. Um, then the last point I have in here. Was Urban in East Lansing last week? Sources say so. Hmm. He's checking out Harper's. He's at Harper's checking out the chicks. All right, first down, week six review. All right, let's get to it. Um, week six uh, was pretty pretty eventful, I feel like. Um, Friday night started off, Nebraska, Illinois, I didn't watch it. Um, Illinois is terrible, folks. They're bad. They're a bad football team. Um, Nebraska turned it over like four or five game, times shocking, in that game. They're, shocking. There's Nebraska. a quarterback that actually has more interceptions than Noah Kim. Oh. Altman, Altmeyer from Illinois. Shocking. That's that's the surprise of the century. And the thing is, is it was still what twenty three or twenty to seven. I think is what it was twenty to seven, and and that was with Nebraska either turning it on down, turning it over on downs, or getting stopped inside the twenty a handful of times. So like Illinois' defense is coming around, but their offense is dog water. Hey, yeah. we feel you, Illinois. We know that. Well, we don't even know if our defense is good. Uh, Maryland um, gave Ohio State a little run. Um, that was, uh, you know, for a while, Maryland looked really good. Then Ohio State kind of, you know, body shot, body shot, and then kind of threw that Our knockout. Harrison is just unbelievable. McCord probably played his best game in a Buckeyes uniform. They have no run game, though. It's so bad. Yeah, with Trayvon Williams out, they're, they're hurting. Their line the sucks. Game. Um, yeah, their offensive line is, <laughs> is a severe weakness. That's like if you put them head-to-head with – Penn State's O line is is marginally better, but Michigan's is way better, Michigan's and that's the difference, right? Like the, they're the class of the Big Ten offensive line wise. And I'm sorry, you win in the trenches. And Ohio State's got a really good defense. They're not getting as many sacks this year, but they're they're also not giving up big plays. Yeah, um, it's kind of the Michigan effect of the last couple of years where they gave up a lot of big plays in those games and traded, you know, getting quarterback sacks and pressures for big plays. So I give them credit. They've adjusted there for how it's working. They've got, obviously, a lot of talent. Um, I think McCord is a pretty decent quarterback. He's a different style than they've had. And Ohio State's winning a little bit the old school way. They're winning, like Brian Day said, with toughness. Um, 
Now, one thing is, did he go Dan Campbell on the first uh, fourth down of the game inside his own 30 and go for it with a fake punt? I don't know if that was real or or, or a mistake. I never did hear, but um, I think Ohio State is quietly kind of rebuilding their image of the Trestle era minus the run game at this point in time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, it sure will. Uh, Rutgers backdoor covers Wisconsin snoozer of a game. Um, Northwestern hardly beats Howard. Yikes. Um, we won't even talk about that. Didn't watch the Purdue game because it was on um, Peacock, but Iowa kind of tore them up, that fat quarterback. Um, still wasn't very good, though. He Their sucked, but, I mean, better. they still beat the crap out of Purdue. Purdue's not good. I'm sorry. They're pretty terrible. Um, Michigan, really impressive. Um, goes up to Mini and stomped them. I mean, I heard P.J. Fleck call them the best team he's played against in his 11 years of, as a head coach. And the deepest. He's like, if they traveled 75, which I thought you could only travel 65, but... Whatever. Let's say he said in his press conference, if they traveled seventy five, I swear they played seventy four and there was no drop off. That's the that's the difference. Like now I most years I would argue Michigan State has first string talent to compete with the Big Ten and when they were really good under D'Antonio, they also had the depth, right? Like that's when they were really good, twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen. But most of the time in my lifetime, Michigan State's had competitive first string depth, but as soon as you start to injuries hit the skids and, and get injuries and whatever, that's when it falls off. Arguably, this year, Michigan State does not have toe-to-toe first-string depth with everybody else at the top of the Big Ten. But the difference is Michigan, State, Michigan, Ohio State, and even Penn State, they have the second string and the third string depth. Wisconsin traditionally used to have that, too. They're not as much. They've got kind of that first-string level, a little bit second-string. But it's those three and everybody else in the Big Ten this year. I mean, it's not even close. Yep. Um, those weeks, starting October 21st, when Ohio State Penn State play – and then I think it's November 11th when Michigan Penn State play, and then of course the last week of the season when Ohio State and Michigan play. Those are the three weekends. Yeah, um, yeah, not too much to write home about the Big Ten this weekend. Was nothing crazy. Decent amount of buys. Uh, college football at large. Um, How about the um, Notre Dame thirty game. ACC win streak, regular season Louisville, snapped. Louisville looks really good. Yeah, well coached by Brom. Have some nice players in the portal. Um, six and zero. Oh. I got three three things for you: Kentucky fraud, Notre Dame well, fraud, Miami fraud. Well, we knew Miami, but Georgia better than we expected. Ge- they finally played somebody, and they did. You hear them. what what Mark Stoops said? They he basically said, "Help me, we're poor. We don't have NIL. So how do you expect us to compete with Georgia?" Using that as an excuse for losing. Well, then go talk Georgia. to your basketball boosters, buddy, because or dis- Mel Tucker used that excuse too. Yeah, exactly. Mel Tucker, he used that excuse too. So like, I don't want to hear it. Everybody has an equal playing field, and if you don't, well, okay. So I'll step back. No, not everybody has an equal playing field because all NIL did was make it legal to cheat for the programs that already cheated. The Bamas, the Auburns, the Georgias, the Floridas, the whatever, the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Penn States, the guys that got all the illegal recruits anyway. It did make it harder, I agree. So figure it out, dude. Like you're yep. you're it's your job, it's man. no different you than it was millions of no dollars. different than it was before. Go hit up one of those big time basketball boosters. Go hit up one of Rupp's buddies. Yeah, no kidding. Red River rivalry, um, really good game. Texas is not back. Um, Oklahoma 
storms down the field, well, scores. Texas is, I they're good. They're, they're still good bad. Team. I mean, they turned it over three times and they picked up no turnovers. So they have a minus three turnover margin and they still could have won. That's going to be a rematch in the Big 12 yeah. championship, by the way. See, and that's why, could be a playoff that's why I like play-in. how the Big Ten's going that way. Because if, if at the end of the year, Michigan-Ohio State rematches the best game in the Big Ten championship game, so be it. I'll, I'll pay to watch it. Like, I want to see that. I, I don't want to see some crap second division like the Big Ten's had for years in the West playing against, you know, a team that's going to bully ball them to death. Like, Oklahoma, their defense, night last year they lost that game 49-zip. And they've... Done a 180 on defense, which is no surprise because Venables is a great defensive coach. Brought in some good key transfers. Their offense is really good this year. That's the difference. And they're a good team. They're a contender. And rightfully, they moved in the top five. And rightfully, Texas didn't drop out of the top ten because Texas is still a good team. Yeah, they're that could, If they win out and they win the Big 12, they're going to make the playoff. Yeah, I mean, they probably will. Let's face it. They've already beaten Bama. They almost beat, the, they almost beat Oklahoma. Uh, they beat Kansas, who was ranked at the t- time. Who else in the top five has done that? No. Now, granted, Michigan is rolling over everybody, but who have they beaten? No one. Nobody. No one. That's they've given up them. limited points to teams, but the best team they've played, arguably, is Minnesota. And Minnesota is not very good. So, like, you can't sell me that they're all, yeah, they're doing what they should do, and now they're covering. Like, good teams win, great teams cover. Now they're covering. Um Ohio State's played a much tougher schedule and, and handled it better and won. So I think Ohio State's still better than Michigan. I think Georgia is in a similar boat to Michigan. They haven't really played anybody. Kentucky, South Carolina's decent. Kentucky's decent. But, like, let me see the rubber hit the road and playing a really good well, team. you right? will for one weekend of the season. Um, other stuff, USC, I think they're fraudulent. Their offense is really yeah, good. triple overtime Their to beat Arizona. Sucks. Yeah, they were bad last they're not year, they they have no chance of doing anything special. Alabama, gutty win. Um, I hate Texas A&M, so I'm glad they beat them. Um, UCLA, Washington State, good game. Um, North Carolina, they're looking like a, a team that could be pretty tough. Um, LSU and Missouri, that was a heck of a game. Um, LSU is super one-dimensional. You take Daniels away from de- that Their team. offense is fantastic. Their defense is terrible. If anybody says house for MSU consideration, you're smoking dope because no way. That guy gives up. His defenses are bad. And you cannot tell me LSU doesn't have the players on defense. I I won't buy it. Yeah, they have. I mean, Harold Perkins, they call him Micah Parsons 2.0. And I get it. One guy can't do it. But, like, you're getting shredded week after week by okay middle-of-the-pack SEC schools, Missouri and Mississippi, not – you know, not the big boys. Right. What's going to happen when you play Georgia? Yep. All right. That's first down. Well, how about we got to say this because in the realm of I will eat my tickets, there is no there. The team knows who's starting, but the coaches haven't announced it this week. Don't say dun, quarterback. Dun. Stay tuned next week to see if we have a video podcast, and you'll know the answer to who started. We're just, just going to say it against Rutgers. All right, second down in Big Ten Power Rankings are presented by Norris Sports Group. NSG is a boutique agency of experts with 30-plus years of experience in sports sponsorship and much more. Learn more about them today at norrissportsgroup.com. Second down time, Big Ten Power Rankings first, and then we'll get to the Week 7 previews. Not a ton has changed here. I still have Indiana and Michigan State tied for screwing the pooch dead last I got Illinois shifted down to 12th. 
Northwestern shifted down to 11th. Rutgers shifted down to 10th. Nebraska moved up a little bit because, you know, my rule, if you beat somebody, you move ahead of them. They went up to 9th. The rest of it's kind of hard because Purdue's bleh, and they're 8. Minnesota's bleh, they're 7. Iowa's, eh, although they're 5-1. and one. They're sit with the worst offense in the nation again. They're number 6. Really, anywhere from 7 to 14, you could just say, throw them out. A couple of those teams will make a bowl game just because it happens, but, like, the top six are the only decent teams, and really it's the top three. So six, I have Iowa this week. Five, Maryland. Uh, even though they did end up getting pounded by Ohio State, I think Maryland's a pretty decent team. Um, four, Wisconsin, kind of by default, to be honest. Um, I've got Michigan and Penn State tied for second, and I still have Ohio State number one because Ohio State has more um, landmark wins on the season so far. Yeah. All right, let's... Uh... Let's talk some uh, some week seven. Um, starting first week- teams without week off. Minnesota, Nebraska, and Northwestern Start. all going nap nighty night nap nap time. Shot some um, I'm horrible sad. teams. Sad. What a what a tragedy. Uh, Indiana, Michigan, big noon kickoff. We get the Gus Gus and Joel drooling all over Jimmy. And again, I'm sorry, Michigan. You're good, but like, play somebody. You're not going to play somebody until November 11th. And that includes my Spartans. Like, I don't even care. Prove it to me when it's real. What's the spread of that game? 3,000? 33 and a half, and I'm taking the cover. They're going to throttle oh, me. They've covered. Funny, Michigan didn't cover at all in the non-conference, but they're covering by far in the Big Ten. I, I agree. They're going to cover. Yeah, Indiana's Indiana pretty, is bad. Indiana's they, they're coming pretty, off a of bye week. They have a new offensive coordinator. Pretty but. dog water. Um, next, we've got... Um, Purdue, Ohio State's at Purdue. Purdue has historically actually given Ohio State some fits, um, but 19 and a half is bred. I think Tyler Ohio- Trent game or whatever it was. That, right. that they, young guy. I think when like Terrell Pryor was there, they beat him. I'm going Ohio State to cover this. I, I, what, what's this prep? 19 and a half. I, I think Ohio State's defense keeps them out of the end zone. They win like 24-3 or something like that. Um, yeah, Purdue's struggling on offense, which I thought they'd be a little bit better on offense, and their defense we thought would be come you know come around slow. I agree. I think Ohio State covers that. Oh, next we travel to the the game of the week, uh, Piscataway, New Jersey. All twenty thousand people that will be in the stadium to witness a beautiful matchup between the Michigan State Spartans and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Talk about a snooze fest. Um, uh, they're probably like breaking into people's cars to put tickets in there. Um, I, I, I can't pick Michigan State with the, the way they played. I, I I hate it because I I I'm a ride or die Michigan State fan. I as die hard as you get, but I, until they prove me wrong, I'm not gonna pick them. Are we going straight up or straight spread? up? The spread's pretty. It moved from three and a half to five and a half since the lines open. Um, so I'm guessing people were hammering Rutgers. Um, it, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be high score. It's going to be like a 17 I, I pray that Hauser starts and that they let him finish the game. They, they won't. And you know what? If he throws a couple picks and he's shaky, I also then hope that they ride with him the rest of the way because it's the only way they're going to grow, the only way he's going to grow, and the way that he's going to learn. Like I do not want to see Noah Kim again. Encourage him to transfer with Jordan Simmons down to the Mac where he belongs. Go play at Richmond. You know, thank you for your service, Noah. You had some nice plays in backup last year. You played well against the scrub teams this year. You're not a 
power five quarterback. I agree. I like here. It's so much so that I've read nothing about the game this week. Um, I am taking one of our dogs to get groomed at one o'clock when it's a noon game, and there's no way on God's green earth I would have agreed to that ever in my lifetime if Michigan State had a pulse. There's no way I wouldn't have gotten in the car to drive five miles down the road, wrestled the dog into the groomer and back, listened to it on the radio and George Blaha and the snooze fest for, you know, a half a quarter. I, w- I wouldn't have done it. I would have refused to have done it. Unless the kids were playing a sport, there's no way in hell that I would have And I really don't even care. I mean, that's how sad it is. Is like, I'm like, okay, what's the good game on this week that I can watch? It's going to be interesting. If they win, though, three and three. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and the problem is if they win and it's three and three, and it's like, oh, they're turning it around. Harlan did a good job in the in the week off, and he should get consideration for the job. And I'm sorry, HB, love you. You're a Michigan State guy. You're not a head coach. You're not, not our head, head coach. coach. Nope. All right. Um, <clears throat> UMass, Pen- Pennsylvania State versus UMass, forty-two and a half. Penn State covered it. Oh UMass is awful. They're awful. Forty-two and a half, though. That's a lot. They're going to cover it. Six plus touchdowns. Pretty terrible. I don't know. I don't think Penn State covers that. Oh, really? No. They're going to win by 42, but they're not going to win by 42 and a half. You're going to go with the Minutemen. I'm going with the Minutemen. Good for you. All right. uh, Illinois, Maryland. Maryland, 13 and a half point favorite. I'm riding with the Terps. They can score. Yeah. Maryland can score, and they're. Their defense is by committee. They're okay. Illinois has an awful offense. They are going to give it away four or five times in a game. Their defense is pretty decent, but I don't know that they can stop Tugabayaloa. I will take. I agree with that. Maryland's going to cover that. Uh, we go to the the game that will probably be the decider of who wins the Big Ten West, mm-hmm. the almighty Big Ten West. Is that a 7-30 game this week? Uh, I don't even know what Shouldn't time. Wisconsin, oh, no, because Notre Dame, Wisconsin, I think, Notre Dame Iowa, USC is 7-30 this you, week. If you told me this five years ago, 6-7, whatever, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I want to watch this game. It's Wisconsin-Iowa, two good teams. No, I won't watch this. Was I, the over-under like three? It's 36 and a half. I mean, Wisconsin has some nice players, but... Where's that air raid? I was... They can't do it. It's Wisconsin. It's not possible. They don't run the air raid. It's the ground and pound. They're three yards in the club. What's the dust. spread? It's, I, we're going straight. I'm going Wisconsin. Yeah, I was not good. No, yeah, Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin... Michigan, if Michigan State had any bit of a pulse, they would have beaten Iowa by two touchdowns. Yeah, true. Um, all right, this is true. my game of the week. Maybe the game of the year so far... Um, two undefeateds, future Big Ten teams from the Pacific Northwest. Ooh, Oregon Washington. travels to Washington. This is going to be a fun one, folks. Um, Michael Penix versus Bo Nix, two Heisman hopefuls. Oh, um, two two uh, fun teams to watch. This is this is going to be phenomenal. It's college game days here. Um, I'm going with the Huskies. Michael Penix. Um, and his trio of receivers get it done, um, and they move to six and zero. It become and it's at it's in Seattle, Husky yep. Stadium, boat gating. It's really hard to pick against them, but like I feel like they get hyped up for a game like this every year, and then this is when they kind of get exposed for not really being as good as we thought they were. I think Oregon's been a little bit more tested to date. Yep, than Washington. I'm going to go with a road upset. I'm going to go oh. with the Ducks. Dan Laning. What's our record, by the way, in this 
Uh, 42 and 36 here, 43 and 35. So you get a one-game lead. Tight. Tight. Um, I wish my gambling uh, payouts would have matched that because that's actually not a bad record from a gambling standpoint. Um, USC Notre Dame, little rivalry game in South Bend Saturday night. Notre Dame has been battle tested. USC, if they have any chance of making the playoff, needs to win this game. Um, I think Notre Dame's kind of beat up, battered, bruised. I think that USC, I think it's going to be high scoring, like in the high 30s. Notre Dame has a really good defense, but I will say this. Louisville's speed, I thought, last Saturday night outclassed mm. Notre Dame, and that's the difference. Yep. USC's USC speed. Like, USC can't stop them, but Notre Dame doesn't really scare me on no, offense. They don't have any, they don't have any outside burners on, at wide receiver. They have a good tight end, which they always do. They have, obviously, a couple like couple really good running backs. And one guy, notably, that shunned Michigan well, State. To well, and here's the other great news about this. USC wins. Marcus Freeman seek its hiding. He goes, you know what? I just really want to go to East Lansing. It seems like it's home. Yeah, because yeah, um, they barely beat Duke. They lost, obviously, in the last play of the game against Ohio State. And these games, except for the Louisville game. Louisville, they got outclassed. Like they, Hartman traditionally has played really picks. poorly. He threw three picks against them last year, too. He's played poorly as a Wake Forest quarterback against Louisville, too. So they kind of have his number. But yeah. maybe I'll be surprised. I mean, it'll be a great atmosphere. It's a great rivalry game. But, no. USC is going to win that game. Last one, NFL, Lions, Buccaneers, 425. Um, How can they be 3-1 and one with Baker Mayfield, that quarterback? Because they've played nobody. True. Um, this is where the rubber meets the road for the Buccaneers. They're going down, folks. The Lions are the hottest team in the NFL in the last 15 games. 12-3. and 12-3. Make it 13-3 and three in the last 16 yeah, their defense is kind of cooking another injury, but, you know, injuries have been happening everywhere. So their offense is playing well. Hopefully they'll get Gibbs back. Hopefully they'll get Amon Ra back. Amon Ra will be back. Montgomery's a beast. The line is getting a little bit healthier. You know, Goff has been steady. Um, Laporta has He's been, so good. been fantastic. I mean, what great foresight to get rid of Hawkinson for him because not only can he catch it just as well as Hawk, he, he actually blocks too, which helps their run game, and Montgomery is a stud. Um, you know, I think probably a lot of Lions fans last year were like, oh man, we're letting Williams go. Oh man, we traded Swift. We got this guy that nobody thought we would draft. Like, what the heck are we doing? Is this draft day? We're picking somebody that we don't need to pick this early? And then you're like, hmm, he's intriguing. And then you watch Montgomery just shred Green Bay, and you're like, ooh, that's really intriguing. Dude can play. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Now a word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty, will help you find the home that fits your wants and needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients for 30-plus years in the West Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. All right, you want to go mailbag and then hoops? Yeah, let's do that. All right. From the Michapalooza Smorgasbord of Questions... Um, which from this buffet would go best with MSU tickets on rice is what I wonder. This buffet of questions from the Mitchapalooza himself, the man, the myth, the legend I have yet to meet. Um, we're going to bag this question, Mitch, because Ryan's done some basketball homework, so we're going to ask the top five individual college football teams in a later podcast, but that is a really good question. So I got four of your questions, though, this week, so we're spreading them around. They're not just in season. 
This one we'll probably learn more about down the road when Ryan does his basketball preview for Michigan State. But who is the most underrated slash under-the-radar key to MSU Hoops success this year? We know they have a loaded backcourt. We know they've got some senior depth. Hiding in plain sight is Malik Hall. I think he's have a Joey Hauser type. Yeah, I think the pressure's off, right? For the first time, the pressure's off. He said it. So I could buy that. He said, a big reason why I came back is because I saw what Joey did last year, and I know I can do that when I'm healthy. So it's hard to argue that, but to be different, and just because I'm going to buy the hype, even though every year they hype guys and say that they've gotten better and they're not. And my friends know he's long the whipping boy because he's got the hands of an MSU tight end. Mati Sissoko. I've heard great things about his improvement. What we saw early in the year last year were in games when Michigan State was really dinged up. I mean, he came to play. Like, they're both against Gonzaga, against Kentucky. I mean, he came to play. And then he was kind of spotty, but he had some moments. I think Mati is going to be key because he can allow, um, who's the Booker, the yeah. freshman, kind of to ease in. You got Carson Cooper, who's going to, you know, probably he had some moments last year and is going to be better. Um, but I think Mati is, he just gives some leadership. He's a really good lob finisher, yeah. screen setter. Right, exactly. He's going to set hard screens. He's going to defend. He's going to rebound, assuming he can grab the ball. He can rim protect a little bit. I think Mati is, is a key. I don't disagree with Malik, but I'm going to go with Mati. I like it. All right, next question from Mitchapalooza. Should the NFL get rid of the salary cap like Major League Baseball did? Here's what little I know. I didn't pay that little attention to the MLB that I didn't even realize that they did that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why um, they get paid so much dang money. Right, true. Uh, I guess the nice thing about the salary cap is it keeps it a somewhat level playing field and you keep your right. your you know your talent spread out. I don't have a problem with no salary cap, honestly. I mean... Do the big market teams tend to fare better? Yeah, but is that better for TV? Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, clearly the Major League Baseball switched it because they didn't see the benefit. And if all of a sudden a team like the Lions want to come out of the blue and stack it and blow their wad on spending and, like, sell Ford Motor Company to do it, then, hey, go for it. If it means a Super Bowl for your fans. I'm I'm all for it either way. Why not? So you agree with that? Yeah. All right. Uh, next Mitch question. In your opinion, what is the biggest rivalry in pro football? That's a good question. I'd put... Hmm, that's a really good question. You got a lot of old rivalries. So you got like Packers-Bears, yeah, Packers, Lions-Bears, Bears, Lions, Lions, Packers, Packers. Um, Broncos-Raiders is a good one historically. Right, Commanders-Cowboys is a good one. Um I don't know. I, I, Redskins, Cowboys. Yeah, I. I think the best, although it's Monday night notwithstanding, or Sunday night notwithstanding, is uh, Cowboys and 49ers. They have a rivalry. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, I mean they they played in NFC Championship games a lot, and a lot of history between the two teams, blood wise. A lot of history between the teams, winning wise. That's the one I'm gonna. Giants go. Eagles is a good one too. Um, Think what else? Um, Browns, Bengals. Yeah, Browns, Steelers, Bengals. Steelers, Browns, Browns is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I mean, there's there's so many good ones. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I feel like anyone in the in your division's a good rival. Um, I would say for me, it is it's it's Niners, Cowboys with a close second, Cowboys, Redskins. I'm not going to call them the Commanders because that's ridiculous. They're the Redskins. They always will be. Um, 
And that's how you know it, because it feels like they're an expansion team when you call them the commanders, and you forget about all their history, I think. Right. But that's my true. opinion. That's true. All right, last question. Ryan, you're probably better served to throw this because I can't stand the NBA and I don't pay as much attention to this. You but know, what you is the throwback. best throwback NBA jersey? Man, I love the uh, the Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys. I think those are sick. Um, I'm trying to think of another good one. Um, See, I'm a classic guy. Jazz, I like the fact that cool. the Celtics are the same as they've been and the Lakers are the same as they've been. Like, they don't. They haven't changed. Yeah, they're not much different. I'm glad. I was glad when the Pistons went back to their old '80s look. Yeah, that from looks cool. The stallion. I, hate, I don't like the teal. Like, yeah, the, the, the Grant Hill days. I, I think that the, they didn't have the teal, but I like the logo with the piston and then the like and the, the stallion. Yeah, around. I think that's cool. But yeah, um, yeah I, I think I like the Vancouver Grizzlies ones a lot, um, or the Raptors old ones, like Vince Carter Raptors with the dinosaur. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, true. Like the Like Mike version of yep, it? Yep, those are sick. All right, Mitchapalooza, we have seven or eight more of your questions in the hopper, so that's all right. Keep them coming because they, they fill airtime and we like to talk, so that's that's good. But i, I got to give Ryan airtime because he's done some basketball preview homework. Yes, we are there. Michigan State Madness is Friday night. Media day was today. Media day was Perfect today. Game. First games are like Michigan State plays Tennessee in a few weeks for the Maui recovery game yep. um you know preseason and then they start the regular season like around the 6th or the 7th sixth. of november yep. so playing uh james madison on the 6th all right um, take it away right all right i'm just gonna go in letter order i didn't rank the teams in any specific thing yet um but it is that time folks hoops uh we'll start with the illinois fighting illini if you remember keeping the score from last year um up and down season, um, point guard issues, left and right, consistency issues. They were 20 and 13, lost in the first round. Um, who did they lose to? I, Arkansas. That's who they lost to. Arkansas beat them pretty good. Um, Brad Underwood's in his seventh season um, now at, in Champaign. He's 114 and 79 there, so pretty decent, but has yet to. Do much in the NCAA tournament. He's made the second week or second game a couple times, but that's it. Um, yet to make the second weekend. Um, you look at their roster here. Um, some key losses. Matthew Meyer. Um, he shot a lot last year for them. Too much, probably. Um, let's see. Um, he was average twelve and a half points a game, pretty good. Um, but still, that's a lot of shots to be had elsewhere. Jaden Epps um, kind of was their point guard down the stretch with injuries. He transferred to Georgetown. He's gone. And then R.J. Melendez, who was in and out of the lineup, he was kind of a shooter, slasher, really skinny guy. He transferred to Georgia. Um, so he's gone. Do have some key returnees, though. Um, headlined by Terrence Shannon Jr., a guy that's preseason all Big Ten. Um, he was all Big Ten last year, as he should be 17.2 points per game. Can shoot it, handle it, um, can get to the rack. He's a Freaking freak of an athlete, um, pest of an on-ball defender. Um, he's he's tough. He's a really good player. Um, he's in his fifth year of college. Then Sincere Harris. He was um, you know back up last year. Played a little bit. Um, he'll probably play a little PG for them. Um, solid player. Um, then Coleman Hawkins, a, a complete wild card for Illinois. When he played well last year, he was really good. And Illinois was really good. When he played bad, Illinois was really bad. He was kind of the straw. Stirred the drink. 
Um, kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy. Didn't score a ton, close to 10 points a game. Um, a little over six boards and like four assists a game. He had a triple-double, I think. So, he, you know, he, he's, he's solid, he's versatile, but I, I think he's good, but I think some people overhype him for sure. Um, we also have Ty Rogers still. I think he might play point guard. He's kind of like the no-gel Eastern, if you remember that name from Purdue. Like, tall, lefty, can't shoot worth a lick, but is going to, like, facilitate, play really good defense and make your team better. Um, but I feel like if you're going to play guard, especially in the Big Ten, you need to at least be a threat to shoot the ball. No tum-tum Nairn BS. Um, then Dane Danger. Big fella back. Um, he'll probably be the starting center for him. He had some good games last year. He kind of cooked Michigan State when we played him last year. Um, he's solid. Um, see if he can grow. Um, some fresh faces for the Illini. So, they, you know, not a huge recruiting class that came in. Um, but it's headlined by, by a guy um, who I think is going to be one of the most under, I think he's one of the most underrated freshmen in the Big Ten. His name is Draw Gibbs Lahorn. Michigan State had offered him. Um, he's originally a Purdue commit, decommitted. He's a 6'1 combo guard. Um, he can play a little PG, a little, little off ball. Dude has hops. He can score at different levels. This might be the next great, you know, Trent Frazier, Illinois type guard. Um, so be on the lookout for him. I'm not sure what his number is. I can. I can see if I can find it. Um, but he's going to be a solid player for them um, this this season. Um, and then they have a few other freshmen that were that came in. Nicolo Moretti from uh, Italy. He's a point guard as well. He's pretty solid. Looks like Amani Hansberry, four-star kid um, out of Baltimore. He was top 70 guy, solid player, 6'8". Um, then Zachary Penn, he's from uh, France originally, then went to Sunrise Christian. He's 6'10". Um, real skinny, but you know what? That's how they like their skinny big men um, in Champagne. Um, and then some some transfers uh, have come in as well. A few notables. Uh, this guy might be the best of them. Marcus Damask is his name. Um, comes over from Southern Illinois. He's a four-star transfer. Six-six guy can shoot it. Um, pretty solid player. And then guard from Utah Valley, Justin Harmon. Um, he'll probably handle the rock for them a lot. Then Quincy Garrier originally started at Syracuse, um, then went to Oregon. Now he's at Illinois, kind of a rebounding machine, small ball four, um, solid player. Um, but, yeah, that's that's their roster um, schedule. So some notables, non-conference for them. Um, they travel or they play Marquette at home. Um, they're playing Florida Atlantic at the Garden, which will be pretty cool, and Jimmy V. Um, and they play at Tennessee, and then they play Missouri. So that's four um, teams that won a game in the NCAA tournament last year that they play in non-conference. And two, a team that went to the Final Four, a team that was a top-two seed, um, and then Tennessee is usually a pretty solid team. Um, Mizzou obviously being a rivalry game, plus Big Ten play. Um, I'm thinking they're going to be a pretty solid squad, I'm thinking top five or six in the Big Ten, um, you know, seven to nine seed overall, which they've kind of been – hovering around in the Brad Underwood era um, once he kind of got his feet wet there. Um, yeah, it should be a solid season. I'll, I'll eventually do a power ranking. We do a preseason one, but as of now, I'd say top six team in this conference that's kind of middle heavy, not really top heavy like it's been. Um, there's some solid teams. I don't think there's, you're going to get see nine or ten teams in the tournament, probably more like seven or eight um, if they're lucky um, this season. How many of these do you want me to do? I have 
I have all of them done. We can do in, do one more. Do you want me to do two, two more? Do one more. All right. Go to Bloomington, Indiana. Um, the Hoosiers, um, 23-12 and 12 last year. They were second-round team. Um, lost to Miami, who obviously was a Final Four team. Um, kind of disappointing. Indiana finally got that, that decent seed. I think there were four um, last year. Um, had a pretty solid showing. Um, didn't have much to show for it in the NCAA tournament. Finally won a game um, that wasn't you know a play-in for the first time in a while, but still you know leaves a sour taste in their mouth. Um, Mike Woodson is back um, for year number three. He's two for two um, with the NCAA tournament. Um, he's forty-four and twenty-six there. They do have some very key losses though. Um, lose All-American Trace Jackson Davis, twenty point nine points per game, ten point eight rebounds. Um, just an absolute animal. We raved about him on this podcast for three years. Um, he's gone. Jalen Hojefino, who really came out at the end of last year as a as a guard, scoring guard, he's gone. He's on the Lakers now. Race Thompson was there for 35 years. He has since moved on finally. And then Miller Cop, who was also in college for 35 years, he's gone as well. Um, returned some key guys. Xavier Johnson, if you remember that name, I think it's his sixth year of college. Was at Pitt, played Indiana. Um, only played a few games last year, broke his foot, was out for the season. He's a solid guard. He'll be their lead guy. Um, then Malik Renau, he was started some games for them last year. Lefty, um, according to Mike Woodson, he's really gotten better and improved himself, so we'll see if that's true. And then Trey Galloway is kind of like the, the glue guy, can play some defense, good passer, um, not much of a shooter, but he's been there, done that. This is his fourth year of college. Um, so he's back. Some fresh faces, actually lots of them here for the Hoosiers. Start with some high school guys. So Mackenzie Mbakpo, um, top 10 kid, power forward, really good shooter. He's out of uh, New Jersey. I would expect to see him play a lot of minutes for them. He's voted as preseason um, Big Ten freshman of the year by a lot of the websites. Um, pretty solid player. Then Ja'Kai Newton, 6'4", 6'5", combo guard from Georgia's a four-star. And then Gabe Cups. Um, four-star point guard, um, little white guy from Dayton, Ohio. I've heard he's a pretty solid shooter. They need that. That's what they lack. They've lacked the last few years. Um, capable shooters. Then some transfers as well. Um, Miami, a kid from Miami, Miami, Anthony Walker. He was on the bench for them. He's going to play. He's a power forward. Um, he wanted to help Indiana beat Miami. Apparently, after them in Miami beating them in the tournament. Um, Peyton Sparks, he was a all Mac player at Ball State. He's a center, pretty skinny kid, but he'll you know he's a good rebounder and stuff. Um, he's there, and then I think this is probably their definitely their top transfer. Former five star recruit, a five star transfer, Kalel Ware um, from Oregon, seven foot, real skinny. We saw him last year in Michigan State. Played him was kind of kind of raw, a little lazy, but you can see it in him. You know, like you like that guy. He he oozes talent. It's a matter of actually putting it together. Um, if he can, watch out. Could be a really good player for Indiana. Scheduled notables aside from Big Ten, um, playing the defending champs, UConn and the Empire Classic. That'll be fun. Um, playing Auburn in Atlanta um, in December. That'll be good. Auburn's going to be a solid squad this year. And then playing Kansas. Kansas returning the game from last year that was at, um, at the Fog. They're coming to Bloomington to play at Assembly Hall. Prediction, um, as of now, I have them as top half of the Big Ten as well, right around you know, mid-six, seven, eight. 
Um, I think they'll get in the tournament. I don't think they'll be a high seed. I think anywhere from eight to ten. Um, probably be a bubble team all year. Um, but if they, you know, their their guys grow up and 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 develop, they could be a really you know top five team in the Big Ten. Who knows? I think they're high ceiling, low floor kind of team. Um, there's a wide variety of what could happen there. Um, but we shall see um, what is in store for them um, this coming season. That's two. I'm done. That's work. Appreciate the homework. Mm-hmm. Saving me the time to do the homework. Um, keep listening. We'll be talking more and more basketball. We'll probably we'll ramp them up, give you a few more, depending on how many Mitchapalooza questions we get next week. Because um, pretty soon we're going to be balancing this bad boy out with CFB, CBB, and NFL. Speaking of which, fourth down NFL week and review. Um, I got a couple, like, just little quick notes to start with. Uh, love the Lions with a playground style. Um, the reverse flea flicker, um, which if you watch the Sunday night game, San Francisco ran lock, stock, and barrel, um, even to the tight end. No wonder these guys love this the game with this staff. They go for it on fourth down. They make risky plays. They have fun with it. Guys look like they're having fun. First three pass, three t- run TD game for the Lions since 1962. Whoa. That's crazy. Um, and here's the other thing. Newsflash. The Lions did what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to beat up on a pretty crappy Panthers team, and they did it. And then I have a question. Are the Vikings the new Lions? They are. The Lions still get jobbed by the refs, but if you – I don't care if you hate the Vikings, if you love the Vikings, if you're neutral on the Vikings. They There were three, maybe four penalties on – key fourth down play in that game that changed the tenor of that game. And why? Because it was Kansas City and Kansas City's the darling. Kansas City got the calls against the Lions. And that was, first of all, they waved off the pass interference, which was very clearly pass interference because Addison was totally held out of place. If you, worst case, call it holding. If you don't want to call it pass interference, that was a hold. That was a miss. On the same play, uh, Ham gets absolutely manhandled in the face, hands to the face. His whole head is bent backwards, like clear as day, hands to the face. Cousins got shredded on a hit that 99.9 times out of 100 would have been pass interference if it was Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Joe Burrow even. Cousins takes an absolute beating because his offensive line is dog do. Um, he got roughed. I get it. That's a little bit more of a judgment call. In my opinion, he got roughed. The other two calls are not judgment calls. They're true. And here's the coup de gras. You don't want to call any of those. Old boy who got the original pass interference called for him took off his helmet in front of the ref. That's an automatic unsportsmanlike 15-yard penalty. And the guy told him to put his helmet back on and he never threw the flag. You're going to tell me that, that the fix isn't in on some of these games. You're going to tell me that it's Vegas isn't script. involved. No wonder the the NFL wants to crack down on gambling among the players because I'm telling you, I'm not saying, but I'm saying there's some fishy stuff going on. It happened to the Lions last year when the Seahawks got gifted into the playoffs when the Lions really rightfully earned their way in after a rough start to the season. Uh, I commented on it last week, the way the Lions got treated in their game uh, against Green Bay. Um it's it's bad, and I don't get it because those guys are professional refs. They don't work Monday through Friday. They're professional referees. 
There's, it's inexcusable. And you also have replay to overturn that stuff. And don't give me the, well, that's not reviewable. Then what the hell is replay for? It should be there to correct the mistakes of the officials, period. I don't care what the kind of play is. It should be there to fix the mistakes of the officials. I saw it, in fact, I think it was the Sunday night game. They used it to overturn a penalty. Um, uh, no, it was maybe it was even last night's game. It was a uh, it was last night's game. Green Bay they had called for an eligible receiver downfield, a lineman oh, yeah, downfield, yeah, I remember that. and they called it back on replay. I didn't even know they could do that. So why can't you do that for all the mistakes? Solve the problem. A mistake is a mistake. Yeah. Um, what else happened in the NFL? Lions. We talked about that. It's really so good. hot or cold, right? Like Denver, horrible. Um, the Jets actually a nice win there, right? Like is Wilson coming around? I don't know. He played well Monday, Monday night football too, and you know I don't know. Ryan said a rumor today is if Minnesota loses this week against the Bears, which is a bit of a long shot, but if they lose against the Bears, they may blow it up because Jefferson's on IR right now, um, and then they would be willing to trade Cousins for some stock uh, to the Jets. That would be an interesting move and maybe a decent thing for Cousins because it would automatically give him an equally, arguably not equally, but pretty close to good receiver yeah and Wilson yeah. Um, good running backs um, not a very good line <laughs> so the line would would be in a similar type of situation right, yeah, but the Jets have a way better defense different. than Minnesota does so um, so that's interesting like Ryan talked about in his open the Patriots are horrible oh, was it 34 nothing and then it was like 37 three last week or whatever yeah, it was I mean they're bad they're, they're bad rough. they're rough uh, the Packers stink. Um, but the Raiders aren't much better. That's a bad mm-hmm. loss. Bad loss. Raiders are just sloppy. Like, I watched that yeah. game last night. They're just poorly not very coached. good. Yeah. Josh McDaniels is horrible. 49ers are the class of the yeah, NFL, I think. I mean, the Eagles good. are obviously are really good, too, but I think the 49ers, the 49ers are a complete, they're the most complete team I've seen. Yeah, they're really good. Um, Weapons galore. Purdy is. You know he's a game manager, but he's game manager plus. Like he he's a gamer. He makes good plays, good decisions. Um, but yeah, what else? There were first you, week of buys last I'm week. I'm tell you so. who the who the who the biggest fraud quarterback in the NFL is. Lamar Jackson. He oh yeah, stinks. Yeah. yeah what have they? What has he done in his career? Nothing. Right. He's, he's an athlete. But that's he's just he's one not an NFL quarterback. Scrambling. The that's best it. NFL quarterbacks are dropped. Back passers, they always and can have been. A little bit. They always will be. You can try to force a narrative that, like, oh, well, that's racist because that's the era that we live in. No, it's not. That's what the NFL is predicated on: is drop back passers that can do play action. Can they boot a little bit? Can they roll out? Can they do the tush push like Jalen Hurts? Like, you know, Tua can can move around a right, little the bit. Tua's can, the Strouds, the Lawrence's, the Allen's. Allen can move around. Mahomes can, but. Look at the difference. Mahomes doesn't do that first. He does it because it's an, when it's a need or to keep a play alive. He just doesn't tuck and run. Jackson is a tuck and run. He's a run first quarterback, and you cannot win in the NFL with a Look run at RG3. first quarterback. He's, it just yeah. never works out. It doesn't. For a, maybe you maybe get the flash in the pan one good year. Huh? That's all Lamar's really had. I mean, does he get fancy points? Sure, because he runs the ball. Sure, he'll get some rushing touchdowns. Right. He'll. He'll have you know all of his games where he throws for yards and they're playing bad teams, but is he a, a guy that's going to take you over the top? No, I mean this the Steelers do have a good defense, but still, like he didn't. I, I watched a little bit of that game. He looked terrible. Yeah, he's a, he, I completely agree with that. He is he's he's overrated. not good. He's over. I'm sorry, he's not. 
He's very overrated. Um, Mobility, good. Run first quarterback, not. Just show me when that has been a success. I can't think of a Super Like Tom Brady won, what, seven, six, yeah. seven Super Bowls? He ain't no, he's no runner. Joe Montana wasn't a runner. Steve Young could scramble, but he wasn't a runner. Peyton Manning, not a runner. Peyton Manning, not a runner at all. Um, like Dan Marino, not a runner. You know, just like newsflash, running quarterbacks don't do well. Like Vince Young, he didn't have that great of a career in the NFL. Nope. Deshaun Watson, eh, okay, but not great. Year. One good year. Uh, you know, like it's Roper just... Roper Cleveland, I think you mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just... I, you know, John Elway could run, but he wasn't a running quarterback. Like, running quarterbacks are not it in the NFL. They're no. just... They're not... Mm-hmm. No, it never, never really works. Justin Fields, not good. Um, yeah, and he's a run. You could argue he's a run first guy. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. Stroud pass first. He's he's going to be good. He's been he's doing a nice job. Pretty solid. Um, all right, I've got nothing else NFL wise. If you don't, nope, I'm good. All right, let's go to a sprint. This is based off of a awesome TikTok I saw the other day. Who would you want as your celebrity DJ at a birthday party? Did you see that Shaquille video? Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, that'd be sick. I'm going with the video. So Will Ferrell. Did you see that? He was DJ. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did son, see that at USC for Parents frat. Day, right? Yeah, that, like, was oh, that was bad. Yeah, that was badass. Yeah, I would go Shaquille, be, though. Shaq would be cool, too. Biggest golf pet peeve. Wait, wait, wait. DJ, take five from all that. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> Biggest golf pet peeve. Slow play. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say. That. I said that too. I was, in, and my my second favorite one is when you say, "Boom," and then I miss everything. <laughs> Keep your mouth off my balls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I was was thinking about sauces earlier when I was at Hopkins. Best condiment. Ooh, that's a good question. Depends on what you're eating, but I'm gonna go mustard. Mustard's good. That's my second. I said barbecue sauce. I love barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce, sauce is good. Go Mustard's got a little bit. I wouldn't put barbecue sauce on a hot dog. No, probably not. That might be odd. Um, well, last, I suppose you could. But Last one. This is a fun question. Who's the better free throw shooter, you or me? Oh. Well, I taught you everything you know. I don't know. It's been a while since we've had a free throw contest. Per- career percentage-wise, I think we'd have to go to me, but I took far less attempts. Right. I think it's definitely me. All <laughs> right. Best free three point shooter, you for sure. No, Dunker, you for we sure. Got, we used to do free throws. Free throws, yeah, we did. We used to do them all the time. We should get out there and let's go yeah. do them in the rain. Oh gosh, let's go. Too cold. That's that's the this week's pod. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, let us know if you have anything you want us to discuss. Um, maybe we can do some Michigan, Michigan State stuff next week. Talk about the funeral that will be happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, we won't be having a Mark D'Antonio podcast, that's no. for well, sure. Well, we should have him on. Come on. <laughs> it's a perfect week oh, for it. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's get not, ugly, that folks. is not going to be pretty. All right, in honor of the great turnaround from these Lions in the last 15 games, an epic quote from Dan Campbell. We'll play you on grass. We'll play you on turf. We'll go to an effing landfill. It doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I'll beat your ass.